بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون صدق الله العظيم Honorable Ulamai Kiram Respected Allahs and Brothers in Islam The most crucial moment in the life of any person is the moment of him leaving this world, the moment of his death. A person may live his life in whichever way, in a most comfortable way, luxurious way, palatial way, or he may live his life in the simplest of ways. But the ultimate and the most important moment in his life for which each person is living for and each person is toiling for is the moment that the person will leave this world. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said كَمَا تَمُوتُونَ تُحْشَرُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ As you will die, as you will leave this world this is how you will be resurrected on the day of Qiyamah. A person is running a race and as he approaches the end line, the final line, the winning line, and there he falls behind and others overtake him, it is immaterial how long he won in the beginning of the race. What happened hours before, that is immaterial. But the important thing is at the time of crossing the line, was he the person who succeeded or was he unsuccessful? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is mentioned in a hadith of Sahih Muslim. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is mentioned that inna rajul la ya'malu bi'amali ahli al-jannah fi ma yura lil-nas. That many a times you find a person outwardly fi ma yura lil-nas. What people can see, the person is doing deeds that will take him to jannah. He is doing good actions, performing salah giving charity, going for Umrah, going for Hajj, doing a lot of things. 
But the time comes before his death. Allah save us. Allah protect us. But the time comes for his death. فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ That at that crucial moment, instead of him doing those deeds and actions that will secure his place in Jannah, he does such a thing that will take him to the fire of Jahannam. And as a result, he passes away without iman, and he goes into the fire of Jahannam. And on the other hand, you find sometimes a person, لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ He is doing deeds that outwardly will take him to the fire of Jahannam. But then the crucial moment comes, the time of his death comes, when Allah blesses him with tawbah, and Allah inspires him to change his life, he brings iman. And there he does, فَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ He does the action of the people of Jannah, and there he gains entry into Jannah. This is why it is said so beautifully, أَخْفَ اللَّهُ الْقَبُولِ لِتَبْقَ الْقُلُوبُ عَلَى وَجَلِ That Allah has made it such that in this world, nobody knows whether his actions are accepted. Nobody knows whether he is accepted in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is in fact the quality of the believers. The quality of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describing the mu'mineen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَقُلُوبُهُمْ That they do all the actions. They perform righteous deeds. But their hearts are afraid. They don't know whether those actions are accepted in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the person poet says, that أَخْفَ اللَّهُ الْقَبُولَ لِتَبْقَ الْقُلُوبُ عَلَى وَجَلِ That Allah has hidden, has concealed acceptance, so that people's hearts are always in anticipation, in fear, in worry. Are my, are my actions accepted to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? وَأَبْقَ اللَّهُ بَابَ التَّوْبَةِ مَفْتُوحًا لِيَبْقَ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى أَمَلٍ And Allah has left the doors of Tawbah open till the person who leave this world, right till the last moments, the moments of gharghara, the moments when his ruh now starts coming up and water begins filling into his lungs. When he can see the akhirah, he can see the angels. Up to this time, a person's tawbah is accepted. But at this juncture, when now he can witness the scenes of akhirah, his tawbah is no longer accepted. So, وَأَبْقَ اللَّهُ بَابَ التَّوْبَةِ مَفْتُوحًا Allah has left the door of tawbah open. لِيَبْقَ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَىٰ أَمَلٍ So that man always has hope that I can secure the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he goes on to say, وَجَعَلَ الْعِبْرَةَ بِالْخَوَاتِيمِ لِأَلَّا يَغْتَرَّ أَحَدٌ بِالْعَمَلٍ And Allah has left the consideration to be on a person's final deed, a person's passing away, so that no man can be proud. And no man can be complacent about his amal and because, his, and, and because of his deeds and actions. On one occasion in one battle, there was a person that was fighting most valiantly, very bravely. People were impressed the way in which this man is fighting. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to the sahaba, huwa min ahlin nar, that this person will go to the fire of Jahannam. Sahaba were confused, perplexed. They knew and they believed that the word of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa can never be wrong. 
But outwardly, such a valiant fighter, such a brave person, sacrificing and doing so much, how is it that he is going to end up in the fire of Jahannam? So his sahabi says, I tagged along behind this person to observe his deeds and his actions, to see what, what is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying. He says this person fought most valiantly and bravely until eventually he was wounded. And the pain of that wound was so severe that he could not take it any longer. So there he draws out his sword, places it before him on the ground, and drops himself on his sword, committing suicide and passing away. When I saw this, I said the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam were true, that who am in ahlin nar. So my opening statements, respected elders and friends, the most crucial moment in a person's life is the moment of his death. Is the moment that he is going to leave this world. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that moment according to the hadith of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha that when a mu'min is about to pass away ahabba liqa Allah then he is looking forward to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa ahabba Allahu liqah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking forward to meet this person. So this was the concern of Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Although Sahaba was Sahaba, although they were blessed with the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, although Allah had already granted them the certificate of his happiness, radiallahu anhum wa radu'an, although Allah had already testified to the iman, ulaika kataba fi qulubihimul iman, Allah has, in, Allah has engraved. Imagine Allah has engraved iman in their hearts. Engraving onto stone is very hard to remove. Engraving on the heart and when Allah has engraved that iman in the heart of sahaba, that iman is not going to go anywhere. So despite them having all this, yet the sahaba radiallahu anhum were always concerned. Their greatest worry was what will be my condition at the time when I'm going to leave this world? What have I done to secure myself at the time of my death? And always they were fearful and they were worried that will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me or will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take me to task? Ibn Abi Mulaika rahimahullah is mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari. He says, I met 30 sahaba radiallahu anhum. I met 30 sahaba radiallahu anhum. وَكُلُّ وَاحِدٍ يَخْشَى عَلَى نَفْسِهِ النِّفَاقِ Every one of those 30 sahaba were worried and concerned. Am I a true mu'min? Or am I a hypocrite? Is my iman correct? Or am I a munafiq? There are so many incidents that we can mention about the sahaba radiallahu anhum. But I want to share with you just one, the, one incident. And that is the incident of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, at the time of his death, at the time of his shahada, at the time of his martyrdom. The concern that he had, the fear that he had about him passing away in a condition that Allah forgives him and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with him. Before I come to this, <clears throat> just to share with you the incident of the martyrdom and the death of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh, such an inspiring incident, so many lessons for us. 
And I was thinking to myself that when the death of this of Umar radiallahu an has so much of inspiration in it, imagine what must have been the life of Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala performed Hajj in the twenty third year after Hijrah. This was the last this was to be the last Hajj of his life. He went for Hajj and on his return from Hajj, whilst he was resting somewhere en route to Medina Munawwara, when he lied down, he made the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, Oh Allah, Allahumma kabirat sinni. Oh Allah, I have grown old now. Wada'ufat quwati. And I have become weak now. Wantasharat ra'iyyati. And my subjects, my responsibility has become very vast. Because Islam and the Khilafah had spread and had progressed to so many countries. So my ra'iyya, my subjects and my responsibility is very great. So Allah, I am afraid that I will not be able to fulfill this great responsibility. فَقْبِذْنِي إِلَيْكَ Oh Allah, I make dua to you, that Oh Allah, you take me away now. And he would make this dua, and he made this dua on that occasion as well. اللَّهُمَّ رَزُقْنِي شَهَادَةً فِي سَبِيلِكَ وَجْعَلْ مَوْتِي بِبَلَدِ رَسُولِكَ Oh, come on, something to this effect. That Oh Allah, grant me shahada. Oh Allah, grant me shahada in your path. And grant me a debt in the city of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our Ustad, Hazrat Harun sahab rahmatullah alayhi, used to always mention, when he would mention this dua of Umar radiallahu an, that each one of us has to die. Death is a reality. We have to leave this world. There is no way we are going to escape death. And when death is the most important thing in our lives, so as to say, because death is the beginning of the start. Our real life is starting with death. So he would say that make dua for the best death. Why, why are we afraid to make dua for shahada? Because whether we die as a shaheed, or whether we don't die as a shaheed, we still have to leave this world. So he would mention, reflecting on this dua of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, make dua for shahada. Outwardly, this dua of Umar radiallahu an was a very strange dua. Because he's making dua that, oh Allah, grant me shahada in your path, but at the same time, let me be buried in Medina Munawwara. To be, to be granted shahada in the path of Allah, you have to be out. But I want to be buried in the city of Medina Munawwara. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala used to say, that the same Allah who brought me from Mecca to Medina, that same Allah can make this happen, that He can grant me shahada also, and I can be buried in Medina Munawwara. The lesson we learn, is that when we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then make dua for the best. Make dua for the ultimate. Nothing is impossible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua for the best. If it's mot, make dua for the best mot. If it's jannah, make dua for al-firdaus al-a'la. Make dua for the best jannah. So make dua for the best. Nevertheless, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu makes this dua. Comes to Medina Munawwara, one day in the Jummah khutbah. He mentions, or in a khutbah, whether it was Jummah or what, but he gives khutbah. And in the khutbah he mentions to the sahaba radiallahu anhum, to the people, he says, that I had seen in my dream, that I had seen in my dream, a rooster pecking me thrice. And I feel that the interpretation of this dream, is that I will pass away very shortly. And it so happened that very shortly after seeing this dream, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu was martyred. 
by Abu Lu'a Al-Majusi, the Majusi, the fire worshiper Abu Lu'a. A lengthy incident behind him as well. But Abu Lu'a was actually the slave of Mughira bin Shu'ba radiallahu Sayyidina Umar radiallahu had made a rule that no baligh, no mature slaves will be allowed to reside in Medina Munawwara. So Mughira bin Shu'ba radiallahu had written up to Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu saying that I have this slave of mine, I know this is your rule, but I have this slave of mine who has very very great potential. He's a master engineer and he's, his area of expertise is in designing mills. And he's able to design a windmill, a mill that can function with the wings and so forth and so on, mentioning the virtues and the excellency of the slave of his so out of consideration for Mughira radiallahu an, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an allows the slave to come to Medina Munawwara. One day when Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu is walking, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu says to this person Abu Lulwa, that I heard that you are able to design mills that can function of the wind. Windmills you are able to make. You've been here for so long now. When are you going to design this mill? So Abu Lulwa said, that give me some time, I will design such a mill that people in the east and people in the west will speak about it. I am going to design such a mill that people in the east and people in the west will speak about it. And saying this, he continued, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh said to the people around him, Tawa'adani al-abd That this slave has threatened to kill me. When he said this, I understood immediately that his statement that I will make a mill and create a mill, he is actually threatening to take my life. And it was exactly that, this was exactly what had happened when Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh had stood on the musalla to perform his fajr salah. The same person Abu Lu'lu'a al-Majusi with a double-aged, double-bladed dagger, double-bladed dagger, he stabs Umar radiallahu anh according to some narrations thrice and according to some narrations six times. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh collapses this person flees, and as he is fleeing, whoever tried to catch him, he stabbed them as well. Thirteen people he stabbed, six of them were martyred, were killed, until eventually he was caught. And when he realized he's caught, then he committed suicide and he was killed. Nevertheless, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu is brought to his house. Now this is what I want to share with you. That the most important and crucial moment in a person's life is a time when he is going to leave this world. And this was... The concern of every Sahabi. Every Sahabi had this greatest concern that what is going to be my condition at the time of death. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh is brought to his home. He is unconscious. Miswar bin Makhrama radiallahu anh comes to visit. He sees Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh in this unconscious state. He asks the people, how is Amirul Mu'mineen doing? They reply, huwa kama tara. He's been like this for some time, unconscious. He's not waking up. So Miswar radiallahu anhu says, I know how to remove him and to wake him up from his unconscious state. So they say, how are you going to do this? He say, go and tell him. So Miswar bin Makhrama himself goes near to Umar radiallahu anhu. And he says loudly, at the top of his voice, As-salata, as-salata, ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. O Amir al-Mu'mineen, your salah is becoming qada, you're missing salah. 
immediately Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, from that unconscious state, he jumps up and he sits up. We are not talking of a person that is sleeping at the time of Fajr Salah. We are talking about a person who is unconscious. And when he hears the word Salah, he immediately jumps up and he wakes up from that unconscious state. And he spontaneously says, La hallahi then, la hadda fil Islam liman taraka salah. That wallah, there is no place in Islam for that person who leaves out his salah. And in that condition, he performs his tayammum or wudu, whatever it was, and he performs his salah. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, in that during those days, when he was in this fatally wounded, on one occasion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he comes in to visit Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an. And he begins praising Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, that you are like this, you are like that. You are the, you are the Amirul Mu'mineen, and you are so just, and you are like this, and you are like this. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he says, he responds to Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, and he says, he says, oh Ibn Abbas, Wallah, if I had all the wealth of the world now, then I would be prepared to give all that wealth away. Laftadaytu biha min hawlil, min hawlil matla' or min hawlil, I can't remember the exact words. But I would have given all that wealth away and I would ransom myself to be safe from the fright and fear and terror of that moment when I would have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he goes on to say also that what did to I wish and my desire is that after all whatever you have mentioned, I wish that I come out equal that when I pass away, my scales are not against me. La alayya wa la liya. My scales are not against me. And my scales are not for me. I just come out equal. This is all I can wish and desire for. This was Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala. One youngster comes to visit him. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu is in the state. The youngster visits and he's about to leave. And as he's leaving, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu sees his trouser is below his ankles. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu says, tell that youngster to come back. That youngster is sent back to Umar radiallahu anhu. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu says to him, that, oh my young boy, irfa' izarak. Oh my young boy, lift your izar, lift your trouser. Be proud, be proud to identify ourselves with the team of Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Be proud to identify ourselves with the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Oh my young boy, irfa' izarak, lift up your trouser. فَإِنَّهُ أَنْقَى لِثَوْبِكَ وَأَتْقَى لِرَبِّكَ Your clothes will stay clean and your Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also be happy. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma says, When the final moments came for my father, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, there are so many more things to say about this the, the death of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, but time is short, so just very quickly, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu says, when the time of death came for my father, then his head was on my lap. His head, I had his head on my lap. And he said to me, O oh Abdullah, place my cheek, place my cheek onto the ground. Put my head onto the sand. Place my head onto the ground and let me pass away in this condition. Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, out of respect, it is the wish of his father, but out of respect for his father, he takes the head of Umar radiallahu anh, 
and he doesn't place it on the ground, but he places it lower on his leg. Umar radiallahu anhu says again, that no, place my head on the ground. Let my cheek rest on the sand. So Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu then places the head of Umar radiallahu anhu on the sand. And he says, I can still picture the beard, the hairs of the beard of my father Umar radiallahu in the sand, mixed with the sand. And in that condition, as he's about to pass away, amongst the last words he says, he says, وَيْلَكَ يَا عُمَرُ وَيْلَكَ يَا عُمَرُ وَيْلَ أُمَّكَ That Umar, woe be to you. And woe be to the day, woe be to your mother, the day she gave, she gave birth to you. إِلَّمْ يَغْفِرِ اللَّهُ لَكَ If Allah doesn't forgive you now, if Allah doesn't forgive you, then woe be to you, you are doomed and you are destined to your destruction. This was Umar radiallahu anhu. In his five final moments, and this was the concern of each and every sahabi radiallahu anhu, that what will be my condition when I am going to leave this world? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, O you who have believed, ittaqullah, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody can be complacent. Fear Allah, haqqa tuqati, as you ought to fear Him. وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ And don't ever die, don't ever leave this world, except in the condition of Iman and Islam. Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah says, he writes after this, that in other words, live your life with taqwa. Live your life remembering Allah. Live your life not forgetting that whatever I have is from Allah. Whatever I am is from Allah. When I'm in my business, don't forget Allah. When I'm in a marketplace, when I'm looking at my phone, don't forget my Allah. When I'm with my wife, that anger is getting the better over me, I want to raise my hand. Don't forget Allah. Remember my Allah. When I'm in a business place, I want to exploit my employee. Ittaqullah. Remember my Allah. In every condition, Hafiz ibn Kathir says, live your life with taqwa. Live your life with Islam. Then you will pass away with Iman and with Islam. فَإِنَّ الْكَرِيمَ أَجْرَى عَلَىٰ عَادَتِهِ مِنْ كَرَمِهِ Because it is the way of Allah, not because Allah owes it to us, but out of His karam, out of His grace, out of His kindness. أَنَّ مَنْ عَاشَ That a person who lives his life in a certain way, this is how, that is how he will leave this world. This is how he will pass away. كَمَا تَحْيَوْنَ تَمُوتُونَ As you will live. If you will live in a condition that Allah, if we will live in a condition that Allah is happy with us, we will die in a condition that Allah is happy with us. Just to end off, three or four very simple deeds, which Nabi sallallahu wasallam has shown us, that if we hold on to these few, three or four actions, that inshallah we will pass away with iman and Islam. The first is a riwayat of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, who says that Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam said, مَنْ سَرَّهُ أَنْ يَلْقَ اللَّهَ غَدًا مُسْلِمًا That person wants to meet Allah with iman and Islam. He wants to pass away with iman and Islam. فَلْيُحَافِظْ عَلَىٰ هَاُولَاءِ الصَّلَوَاتِ حَيْثُ يُنَادَى That he must be punctual on performing his salah where the adhan is called out, in the masjid. So by him doing this, then he will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tomorrow in the condition of Iman and Islam. For a second action, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam mentioned 
that person who wants to pass away with Islam, then he must believe in Allah, and he must believe in the day of judgment. And the third thing is, he must behave, he must deal with others, as he wants them to deal with him. In other words, he must correct his dealings with people. He must correct his mu'ashara, his interaction with people. He does fulfills the right of everyone, and he does not abuse anybody's rights. He lives his life according to the akhlaq and the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the third that I would like to share with you, there are many other deeds, but the third is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that person who earns his wealth, who goes to the business place, but he earns his wealth halalan, in a halal way, isti'afafan anil mas'ala, and his intention is right. He doesn't earn his wealth just to amass more and more. He doesn't earn his wealth to show others. Then that person will meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. And his face will be shining like the full moon. So three very simple deeds. Performing our salah, correcting our akhlaq, and changing our intention when it comes to earning our wealth. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah keep us with iman and Islam. And may Allah leave, may Allah make us leave this world with Iman and Islam. Amin wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.